The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Ivy Felicia is a certified holistic wellness coach and body image expert with a gift for helping people of all body types to embrace body peace and self-love at any stage of life. Her body relationship coaching work is centered on her personal experiences with barriers to body love and more than a decade of social and professional involvement in the emotional wellness and health education movements. Family, let's welcome Ivy Felicia to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, family, we are back with another episode of Minding My Black Business. And today we have um, a very wonderful guest. Um, I uh, reached out to her on a whim and she responded so warmly and so (laughs) so quickly. (laughs) I was so excited. I have been sort of watching her from afar, her and her movement and her work. And I am just grateful that she is here with us today. And I know that you all are going to learn a lot of things. Um, I have my notebook ready because I feel like she's about to drop the gems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so before I get into my questions, though, because, you know, I, I tend to do that. I get really excited, and then I just sort of move things right along. Let me pause and welcome Ivy Felicia to the Minding My Black Business podcast. So welcome, Ivy. Hello, Dr. Janae, Dr. Taylor. (laughs) I am so excited to be talking with you and to be a guest. And it's sort of surreal because I listen to your podcast in the shower. So (laughs) it's like my pod, you know, I love podcasts as part of my self care. So to be on the show is definitely exciting. Well, that's awesome. It's going to be really surreal to hear your voice in the shower. Yes. <laughs> but I, I could dig it. I could dig it. So, um, Ivy, would you introduce yourself to the family and then tell them where they can find you um, everywhere? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So, I'm Ivy, and um, online, if you look for me, you'll find me under I am Ivy Felicia. And um, I am the body relationship coach. And basically, what I do is that I help women who feel frustration, shame, um, and anger around their bodies um, actually experience peace in their bodies through. Um, holistic wellness and self-care from a weight-neutral perspective. So that's just helping women of all sizes make peace with their bodies. Um, and you can find me on me, my body, and love.com. Wonderful. And I know you also have some, um, at least an Instagram and Twitter account. I know that because yes. I followed you. Uh, <laughs> And are you also on um, Facebook as well? 
Yes, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and um, I also have a new baby in the family, which is Fat Women of Color. Um, and that's on Instagram. That's um, part of the Me, My Body and Love family. And um, that's an account for um, women of color who identify as fat. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So yeah. what I'll do is I will add all those things in the show notes um, and include the links so that okay. everyone can check you out and follow you um, just as I did and enjoy what you have to offer. So what does it mean to have, um, or how to, so I have like two thoughts around this question because I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to ask, how to ask this. How do we, how do we develop um a relationship with our body um like how does how does that come to be what sorts of things have to happen in order for us to have a relationship with our body well i'm so glad you asked (laughs) (laughs) this is one of my favorite topics of course but um (laughs) yeah um actually i tried to um make it as accessible for people to understand as possible. Um, You know, we already have a relationship with our bodies. We all do. Every person living has one. Mm. So, um, you know, the fact that if you just start with the concept that we are actually um, infinite beings, you know, we're mind, body, and soul, and we live in a body. Mm -hmm. So we are not our bodies. We are inhabiting our bodies. We navigate the world in a body. But, you know, as we all know, we've all either experienced death or witnessed death. And we know that, you know, when the body is, when the body is dead, you know, that's totally separate from who you are as a being. You're just living in that body. That body can still be there, but that person's not there, which is perfect example of the fact that um, we live in a body. Mm -hmm. So, Um, starting with that concept, you know, every day you're walking around the earth, you're navigating the world in this body and the, the way that you interact with your body, whether it be through feeding it or how you move it or how you dress it or how you care for it. Um, or, um, sometimes maybe the adverse, how you don't feed it or how you don't care for it or, or those things. That's all part of our body relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, how we feel about our body, how we feel about the image that we see in the mirror, um, how we feel about um, uh, navigating the world in our body. So meaning um, maybe the, the pain that you experience being in your body, maybe it's actual physical pain or chronic illness or all of that is part of the relationship that we have with our body. Mm. Um, does that answer some of your question? It does. It does. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting because it connects to an experience I had this past weekend. So um, I had a massage. And, okay. And um, the massage therapist sort of said something really similar, like she did an assessment. Um, so I've had massages before, but this one was different. And so because mm-hmm. um, she talked about that connection, about yeah. sort of like – um, because you know, they'll ask you like on a question, like, why do you need the massage or what, what brings you here sort of thing? Is it stress mm-hmm. or you're having pain or whatever, whatever. And so she talked about, um, sort of inhabiting the body and 
um, being disconnected, um, mm-hmm. sometimes how we can be. Um, and she said, you'll even see it in the way that we tend to walk. Um, mm-hmm. And the body was meant to sort of have all this movement. And sometimes we are quite restricted. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, her goal was for me to feel more fluid. Um, yes. And I did the a massage with my body. And I was like, huh? And so <laughs> I, loved, I loved that explanation. But I was like... Oh, okay. Like it took it to, it made it, it made it feel different. It made it feel yeah. different. And it, I felt like I was more, um, as opposed to like someone just giving me a massage, I was very aware of everything that was happening. Like, so as the tension was being released or, um, the parts that I'm like, oh, okay, so that must be, I must not be sitting right if that part of my back hurts and that sort of thing. So to hear you talk about, um, our own relationship with our body and how it's Mm -hmm. and how we feed it and and move it and dress it is it's interesting because i just had this conversation a couple days ago so uh, (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like "Hmm, okay okay how so how did this become something of interest to you so much so that you have built a business around it um well i realize um oh wow over 10 years ago now that um a lot of the things that i've um experienced um sort of like the focal point of my um life has been around my relationship with my body and so um i was a child that was in a larger body um a, a fat child fat kid fat woman so i experienced um of course a gamut of things um growing up fat um going through bullying and um going through challenges around self-esteem and um body image and navigating um relationships and dating and all of that because it does impact um your experiences mm-hmm. um i also was diagnosed in 1997 with a chronic illness um called pcos which is polycystic ovarian syndrome mm-hmm. um which back then hardly no one knew about and the doctors were sort of confused mm-hmm. um but you you hear more about it now um but more one out of 10 women are living with PCOS now. Mm-hmm. Um, but PCOS, you know, at that time I was 17 years old and that's the time when you're going through all kinds of things in your body already. Right. So to be diagnosed with a chronic illness that um, impacted my endocrine system and had a lot to do with my womanhood and, and how I showed up and, and all of that, um, that was impactful too. So, you know, you combine, um, being in a larger body, living with a chronic illness, and then I'm also the survivor of sexual assault too. So that also impacted my relationship with my body. So when I realized that a lot of the healing that I went through, I did, um, also go through therapy and work with coaches and all sorts of things to um, navigate all these different nuances of living in this body and in my story. Um, it gave me a passion for reaching out to other women and um, helping them understand that if you can find peace in the, the body that you inhabit, that it trickles down to so many other parts of your life and it radiates out to everyone around you as well. Mm. That was such a cool visual the way you said that. 
<laughs> I like that. Okay, I'm gonna hold on to that. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm digging it. I just absorbed everything you said. Uh, so, um, okay, wow. Because even as you talk about some of the journeys that you happen, I, that happened for you, I can see. And this is the like the therapist had me talking mm-hmm. how, how there could have been moments where you were feeling sort of disconnected. Um, yeah. Everybody, whether it was the bullying or the medical concern or the um, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so what, what do you think? So if someone is feeling disconnected from their body, what does that mean? Like what is happening uh, in that, in that sort of phenomenon? if you're disconnected? Um, Well, there could be a number of reasons. Um, Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional. Pardon me. Sometimes it's unintentional. Um, One of the things that I say all the time is that um, our relationship with our body is just like any other relationship. So if you think of whether it be a friend or a family member or a romantic relationship, you know, it's something that if you, if you want it to grow or if you want it to flourish, you have to cultivate it. So if it's um, ignored, um, it's not going to flourish. It's not going to grow. So um, you can be in a relationship with a person, say like a family member, and you still have a relationship with them, um, but you don't have a connection. So um, if you want the status of that relationship to change, you have to make conscious effort and decisions to start practicing, to do behaviors and practices that will change that connection. You know, that relationship can still be there. And as I said before, also um, in other podcast interviews and speaking, that um, this relationship with our body is similar to like a marriage or romantic relationship where you say it's till death do you part because it really is like you are in this body for your whole entire life, (laughs) you know, and and (laughs) it can just like, just like a regular relationship, it can change, it can shape shift, it can all kinds of things, but you are still in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So you get to choose, um, what that experience looks like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to your question, you can be in a body and live your entire life. And I'm sure we all, um, know someone who, you know, maybe was in a body that they were just um, frustrated with or angry with or displeased or disconnected from. And um, maybe um, that actually, um, as we say, radiate, that radiated from them, you know, that anger, that frustration all their life. Or you can be that person who says, you know what, I want to um, be at peace with this body that I'm going to inhabit. And from that decision, because it starts with a decision that starts with the commitment to the peace, then you start um, choosing behaviors, which is what I help people do, is they start actually setting up behaviors and lifestyles that will help to fortify and build that peace in connection with their body. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see you, Abby. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So in terms of like the black community, mm-hmm. what are there, um, so it's sort of like two questions, but the same thought. Um, when it comes to our connection with our body, um, 
because I'm learning just because you made that distinction. I appreciated that. Like everybody has a relationship with their body. Mm-hmm. Everyone is connected to their body. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that nugget. I'm going to hold on to that. Uh, <laughs> what do you think our most, uh, what are our most like notable um, things that happen when it comes to like body shaming in the black community? Are there things that, that are happening that sort of, uh, uh, sort of cross the sphere in terms of the black community, things that we either shame ourselves about or shame others about in our community? Um, I think we do have some that stand out that most of us can nod our heads and say, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for me, part of this journey started around my, rela- my relationship to my hair. Oh. So, um, Come on yeah, <laughs> see, that's not one where everybody can nod. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh I know. Okay, we're doing this. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, the roots of this, uh, and no pun intended, but started for me in regards to my hair. So I started my, um, my natural hair journey um, returning natural in around 2001. Mm -hmm. And at that time it was not trendy and it was not (laughs) popular and there was not all sorts of groups and there was no Instagram and it wasn't all this support to go through it. But I'm glad that I did it then because it, um, gave me the opportunity to understand, um, like like you're saying, how we feel as a community around hair and um, the choices that women make about their hair and how we define hair. And so I realized that if I could choose how I wanted my hair to be and stand in that decision, regardless of what the world was saying, um, you know, people of color and non-people of color, mm-hmm. if I could stand in that, then that opened the door for me to be more comfortable in my body in many other ways, mm-hmm. because that, that was sort of my beginning. Um, and in our community, you know, a lot of how a woman chooses to um, wear her hair, be it natural, non-natural, weave, mm-hmm. um, bald, mm-hmm. all of that speaks so much about our relationship with our body and how much it impacts us, mm-hmm. how much um, it impacts people around us. Mm-hmm. Um, it also shows um, the level of um, acceptance that is or is not in society mm-hmm. when we make choices about our body. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one that most people can say, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> You know, I wasn't expecting you to start there. I really, (laughs) and that is so layered because Mm -hmm. as you talk about it, I think like a bad hair day can throw your entire day off. Like Mm -hmm. in terms of like, well, I don't know what I'm going to wear now. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) wear. Maybe I should put a scarf on it, a hat, or maybe I'm not going. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that can sort of turn things around. Um, And that's just your conversation with, yourself in the mirror we're not even talking about (laughs) feedback you might get um from other people particularly Mm -hmm. if you're transitioning deciding that you are wanting to go natural then you get Mm -hmm. all questions about what that means like Mm -hmm. uh, is this a religious choice or like what's going on are you okay and uh, um so now people are questioning who you are um 
or if you decide to not go natural. I mean, like that's that's something too. So, yeah. Absolutely. I wow, you're right. Our relationship with our hair, um, and others' hair, uh, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> uh is is big. That's absolutely big. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a woman can can make a choice. Um, and I'm just speaking about women because I typically work with women. Mm-hmm. Um, but a woman can make a choice about her hair. You know, she can come, she can do all this work mm-hmm. around her hair and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Whether it's natural, whether it's weave, whether it's cutting it all off, whatever, coloring it purple, what pink, whatever. Right. She can come to this decision, be at peace with the decision and make it. And that is just a whole conversation in itself, right? Her relationship to her body, um, the agency that she's practicing by saying, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to express myself. This is how I want to show up in the world. And then the minute that she goes out of the door, it's a whole different chapter of that conversation because now you're navigating people within your own culture, how they perceive you, how they um, respond to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also navigating other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, you're navigating patriarchy. You're navigating racism and all these things. Just from, just as just talking about, this is starting at the top of your head. We haven't right. even gotten below the neck. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Right. So this, you know, I think it's a perfect example of how much um, your body relationship really does impact how you show up in the world, particularly as um, if you're a woman who is in leadership position or you are an entrepreneur or you are a businesswoman, how it affects your confidence, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of that. You have to be at peace and that peace has to be fortified for you mm-hmm. <laughs> to navigate the world and remain confident um, because there's always someone out there who doesn't agree mm-hmm. with your decisions that you're making about your own body. Yes. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I love this because now I'm also thinking, and I know we still on here. Uh, we got <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm thinking like, um, not is it just uh, you and your own community that that may or may not embrace your decisions around what mm-hmm. you decided to do with your hair, but then you have other folks who are who are maybe a little more unfamiliar uh, with with what's going on on uh, with regard to how you've chosen to style your hair or wear your hair, and then their own curiosity um, mm-hmm. and having to navigate that. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe even breaking boundaries in terms of sticking their hands in the, in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so now you, um, have gone from having to explain this to people who are in your community to, um, uh, reestablishing boundaries around your humanness. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not someone to be petted. Um, and I need you to respect that. I don't go around, you know, touching your hair. So let's mm-hmm. not, let's not do this thing. Um, so yeah, and all this yeah. can be happening right before nine o'clock. Like you can, <laughs> that is a lot. That's wow. Okay. Yes, and you can substitute the word hair. You know, even if we were to move off of that, you can substitute the word hair for another word or another um, part of your body relationship. You know, one thing that I run into frequently um, is size. 
or weight. Mm -hmm. Um, I deal with women of all different sizes. I've coached women who are um, women of color who are in um, quote unquote typical bodies or they're very small, they're thin. I've dealt with um, women who uh, identify as fat. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have those exact same experiences come up in regards to boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, um, this is how I choose, um, particularly for women who say, okay, I choose to be at peace with being a larger woman. Mm-hmm. I choose to be at peace with, with being a, a fat woman. And you make peace with that and you're in your own world, you're in your home. And the right. minute you go outside the door, you have, again, in your own culture, people who feel a certain way about that. Mm-hmm. You have people who aren't a part of your culture who feel a certain way about that. You have people who cross boundaries when it comes to what they say to you about your health practices Mm -hmm. um about their assumptions about your health about what you should and shouldn't be doing about what you should and should not be wearing and so again all of that comes back to your relationship with your body because it has to be fortified otherwise you will you know be tossed and turned Mm -hmm. (laughs) all around because Someone is always going to have something to say. Mm -hmm. So it has to be about you and your body. And that's why I named it me, my body and love, because that relationship begins between you and the skin that you live in. And you have to work on that first. And um, most of the people who come to me, come to me saying, how do I start? How do I deal with what other people say about me? How do I deal with my mama and my grandmama and my auntie and they have this to say? Or how do I deal with people making fun of me? No, that's not where we start. We right. have to start with you. Right. <laughs> we have right. to start with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I mean, and that definitely sounds like uh, some version of some questions that I hear too uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the therapy room. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the frustration, frustrating pieces that sometimes we have to have that conversation around is that the goal should not be about changing the behaviors of others because we have yes. absolutely no control over that. Yeah. We have all the control over how you think and feel and behave. And so that feels like that's more important. So let's sort of start there. And it sounds mm-hmm. like that, that that's where you, that that's where you go in your work with your clients. Um, and I know that you said that you mostly work with uh, women, but I can see how all these things would translate to men as well mm-hmm. um, in terms of like um, body sizes, mm-hmm. uh, hair, um, mm-hmm. maybe even beards. So maybe they don't get the thing mm-hmm. in hair, but maybe they get the thing in terms of beards and people want to touch them or whatever. Um, so yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh my goodness. All right. So <laughs> what, um, in thinking about that piece around sort of me and my body starting there, um, what do you think are some things if we had to uh, maybe give some quick tips or some direction for folks if they are starting to examine this um, relationship or connection rather uh, with their body um, what can we all do what can we do as 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 black folks who are living in our skin Mm -hmm. um, to begin to be more connected or more appreciative um, of our bodies Mm-hmm. Um, the first place to start is tuning out external messages. 
that's the thing that I say over and over again is it's tune. It's sort of, um, as a friend of mine says, tune out to tune in. So you have to tune out those external messages, which that step right there is probably the step um, that's the most challenging mm-hmm. because we've been conditioned from pretty much the time we arrive, you know, on the earth to listen to other people about how we feed our bodies, what, how we should move it, how do we take care of it, how do we dress it. You know, we're so used to consulting everyone else. Right. And the majority of us, I know I was like this before I learned this and got, you know, to this point, it was, okay, well, what does mom say? What does the, what does the doctor say? What does the magazine say? Let mm-hmm. me Google it, you know? Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with seeking knowledge, but if it's to the point where you never, ever listen to yourself, you never learn how to tune into your intuitive voice, which that's the second step is mm-hmm. learning how to tune into your intuitive voice. And for most of us, that's foreign. Most mm-hmm. of us, it's when you say intuitive voice, not just the terminology, but just the concept, it's like, what, you right. know, because our bodies are built to tell us what we need, yeah. but the majority of us don't know that because first of all, we haven't been taught that. Mm-hmm. Second of all, we haven't practiced it. And it's so unfamiliar. And um, we're more dependent on, you know, that first step I was talking about, those ex- external messages that we don't trust our intuitive voice. Mm-hmm. So um, when our just, if you think of something simple and um, more accessible, um, hunger, which is one of the more challenging things, but it's like, am I really hungry or am I, you know, should I eat this or what should I eat? I don't know. You know, so what do they say? What does the doctor say? We don't trust our, we don't trust our bodies. Um, When we get tired, we don't believe our body. You know, (laughs) our body says, we're tired. We get those signals. We get the different indicators. Just like you said, you get that stress in your body. You feel drained. Mm-hmm. Your immune system starts to go down. But we don't listen to the signals. We feel like the body doesn't know. So we don't trust it. And we keep doing what those external messages say. And what are those external messages? You need to keep working. You need to grind. Success is built on this. You know, um, sleep when you're, when you're, uh, successful you know all of these external Mm -hmm. messages whereas our body is saying you need to sleep now Mm -hmm. you need more sleep you need more water you need more rest you need these things but we deny those messages so if you want to start the connection start there you know Mm -hmm. start with tuning into what your body is telling you and and just starting today Something you can start after you listen to this is what messages do I hear? Mm-hmm. You know, do I hear that I'm hungry? Do I hear that I'm tired? Do I hear that I need lotion? Or my, you know, is my skin dry? Is it, <laughs> right. Are my lips chapped? It's right. just those simple signals that the body gives us every day that we don't pay attention to. And we just sort of grind through them because we're so focused on this external world and social messages. Mm. Mm-hmm. Come on now, Ivy. All right now. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. So I'm curious. Um, 
ask because not only do you i mean you do all this work for others um and i think people work that's what i like to call it uh, <laughs> uh and when we sort of do the one-on-one or small group or our moments when we are helping people along their journeys and whatever format that looks like is uh some really tough work um mm-hmm. on the person who's providing the service or the care and so as an entrepreneur yourself, one, how do you know when it's time to work on your own self-care and balance? Um, and then what do you do? How do you attend to that? Mm. Um, I had to learn. <laughs> because I started out doing this um, a little over five years ago and I was just like gun-ho, you know, all in and, you know, working from home and I would get out of bed and sit in front of the, the computer and be doing all of this and phone calls and all of that. And then I would just work all day until it's like collapsed in the bed and then that was it. And then, um, I had to realize, wait, you're not doing anything that you're, (laughs) you're not doing the things that you're preaching, you know, um, you're self-sacrificing, um, for this purpose, but you're not taking care of yourself in the, in the, um, interim. Mm -hmm. So, um, some of the things that I do is that I'm, I have a schedule, you know, even though I work for myself and I work from home, I have a schedule of when I take a break, you know, when I'm hungry, I eat. That was one of the biggest lessons that I really had to learn. And I still sometimes struggle with because, um, you know, I'll come up with, um, I'm hungry, but, oh, I got to get this done or, oh, I got to run there. Um, but I really have to be conscious about, you know, maybe having food near me or getting up from the computer, closing the laptop, sitting at a table, Mm -hmm. not taking my phone to the table, (laughs) but sitting at the table with my food and just eating Mm -hmm. and just being in that moment with me and my food and just relaxing and not doing anything else in that moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm very conscious of that. I'm conscious of um, doing the things that light me up um, spending time with friends and family, spending time with my husband, um, self-care is big for me and self-care shows up for me in, in numerous ways, but, um, I make sure that I make space for that. And I absolutely make sure that I make space for, um, socializing with, with people because it's easy to, especially as an entrepreneur, if you work from home to mm. become a hobbit and absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> forget that you need to interact with other human beings, you know, right. other than for networking, because networking is working, networking, that's to actually just have girl time and or guy time or whatever, be with people that you love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you know, I have heard from so many uh, fellow entrepreneurs, fellow black entrepreneurs about how they um, navigate that support uh, 
balance because it's so interesting because I think they can really identify how it's helpful for other people to have their own network and um, can even direct people to make sure you are connected and, and go mm -hmm. get that support, but will then justify um, them not tapping into their own community by saying that they're busy um, and, mm -hmm. not, and not busy in like I can't be bothered type of way, but feeling as though if I connect with others or if I make that energy to sort of reconnect with my friends or families or loved ones or partners or spouses um, in an extended way that somehow I am sort of shortchanging my business. Um, yeah. So I almost have to like give something up in order to stay connected as opposed to it being a gain. Um, and so you're absolutely right that, um, first of all, entrepreneurship isolation is real. Uh, mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and the more we sort of uh, move toward this, this digital space and time, is I think it's going to continue to be even more real, which is why I think, um, you know, Facebook groups and all these other things are really, really helpful because then we get some semblance of connection with other folks um, who have similar interests. Um, but yeah, so I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, so not just networking, because that's the other thing. Well, I went to the the blah blah blah, but you were working the room. You <laughs> you passed out cards. You were you weren't connecting to connect. Um, you yeah. People who know you when you're not working, or who knew you before you had the business, or whatever. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's a very important distinction. Um, mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. And so now I'm going to pick your head a little bit more. So as a as an entrepreneur. <laughs> Uh, one of the things I know that comes up for us is, um, you know, you do all this work to create a business idea, then subsequently create a business, and then you're providing your services. And then let's say you're fairly active um, in ways that you see other uh, entrepreneurs doing things. Um, and sometimes, you know, uh, people can, you can sort of get caught up in comparing yourself to others, um, particularly. Mm -hmm. You are seeing things around classes that people are offering or masterminds or this new product um, and sort of getting caught up in that comparison trap and subsequent like self-doubt. So mm -hmm. how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with um, maybe sort of having those moments where um, self-doubt shows up? What do you mm -hmm. do with yeah, uh, <laughs> that 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 shows up frequently because um, I think because of being in that digital age, like you just mentioned, where we see other businesses all the time, yes, constantly over yes, and over again. <laughs> so, you know, whereas back in the day before we had all of that, you know, unless you went to a networking event then you would hear, oh, this is what this person is doing. And this, but we, I mean, we are inundated with it 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So it can be easy to be distracted or to be overwhelmed. Um, my approach to it is to approach it just like I approach my body relationship. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I'm also inundated with images of other women's bodies and, and what people consider to be beautiful and mm -hmm. acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to make the commitment to say, I'm going to be at peace with who I am and I'm going to be at peace with the body that I have and I'm going to, um, you know, 
tune out to tune in to my body. So it's the same thing with my business. I have to say, this is my business and I have to tune into my intuition and what I feel um, is coming from my heart, what I feel that um, God creator universe is saying to me about my purpose in the earth and um, the exact same tools really of just tuning out that to tune into what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's not a one-time decision, just like with the body relationship. It's not like, oh, I made this decision and now I'm good. It's a daily decision to stay committed to that piece. And it's sort of like the piece in business as well. That That's what works for me. Mm. I love that. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, not just the words, but I love how um, how aligned that is. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the same philosophy I have for my body is the same way I, I approach um, the way I manage my business. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to sort of go all the way back uh, to the beginning uh, mm-hmm. because you mentioned something that I wanted to bring back up. And you said one of your newest, um, I don't think you used the word ventures, but I'm going to say that. Uh, <laughs> one of your newest ventures or one of your newest mm-hmm. accounts. And I think this mm-hmm. brings up to what you just talked about. Um, what's the, is the fat woman of color um, yeah. account. And so what prompted, what prompted that? Yeah, I refer to it as the new baby of the family. (laughs) Who's who's growing up so fast? Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) Um, so Fat Women of Color came as as um again it came as part of my journey in in through life, Mm -hmm. and then saying you know what I think there's other women out there who might be going through this. Mm -hmm. So um. It was just realizing that that intersection of being um, black, mm-hmm. fat, and woman, mm-hmm. um, how that impacts so much of my life, of how I see myself, of how other people see me, of my experiences that I've had in the world. And um, the more I sat with it, I um, it just became more intriguing to me. Um, and... Uh, it just brought me so much clarity around my purpose um, and also my, my history, my present and my future of, of what I'm doing. Yeah. So um, I created the account as a space to offer um, sisterhood support and sanctuary. And the reason I picked those things is because it matters, the sisterhood part, it matters to be able to say, oh, there's other people out here who deal with this too. It's not just me. You know, that brings some sort of comfort. Um, The support part is that, you know, we talk about, um, we have the conversations around the hard things. We have the conversations around the beautiful things that we experience as fat women of color. And then sanctuary is really I feel like that's the most important part because it's hard sometimes being a fat woman of color Mm -hmm. and navigating the world and I like creating that space where you can say oh let me go over here with my sister and just get away from that where I can at least feel accepted I can feel embraced I can feel like what I say resonates with someone Mm -hmm. um that sanctuary I feel like it's so important for the mental and emotional wellness of fat women of color. So um, that's what was behind my thought when I created that space. And I'm so thankful and grateful that, um, that God gave me that 
he gave me the opportunity for this to be birthed through me because I enjoy it just as much as everybody that's else. Beautiful. <laughs> and I think that's even um, that's even how I found you was through that account, the Fat Woman okay. account. So um, I I so I didn't even I think something then happened and then it said they were like uh, referring to Ivy. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I have appreciated um, that account and the things that are happening there. And as a fellow fat woman of color, I find that to be just like so affirming. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a lot of community there. And I know sometimes there will be even um, not necessarily campaigns, but that's not the right word, but sort mm -hmm. of like, um, you know, women showing off themselves in their favorite outfit or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just sort of feeling wonderful today and that sort of thing. So I think that's just sort of a beautiful experience. Um, and to be able to um, be embraced um, by other folks is phenomenal. So thank you mm -hmm. um, for providing such a space and platform for those, those things to happen. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like I could be asking you questions from now to the end of time. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> We just talked about how time is money and, you know, entrepreneurs <laughs> need to have self-care, so let's not do that. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to reel this back in. Uh, but before you go, um, mm -hmm. when you hear the words, um, minding my black business, what does that mean to you? Um, minding my black business, I feel like it kind of goes back to what we said in the conversation earlier about tuning out to tune in to what. I'm doing um, and to stay focused on what my purpose is. So minding, taking care of my black business and um, staying out of other people's. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Ivy, for joining thank me. Thank you. It's been a complete pleasure. I appreciate this so much. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know. You're minding my black business.